This Steve Jones Show podcast is now loading. The Steve Jones Show podcast is presented by Sunbury Motor Company, Purdy Insurance, Brewers Outlet, and NIL Game Changers. Bringing you an in-depth look at Penn State sports and more. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The Steve Jones Show is presented by Sunbury Motor Company, Purdy Insurance, Brewers Outlet, and NIL Game Changers. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody. Great to have you with us on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, and NIL Game Changers. Visit nilgamechangers.org to start your journey. All of them sponsoring our show today. Great to have you with us. We're going to have Rob Brooks on the show today. We're going to talk with Joe Lenardi, Dick Girardi, and Mike DeCourcy. So a lot of talk, basketball talk coming into the weekend. And we're looking forward to that. Penn State will play at Minnesota tomorrow at 3.15 Eastern time. And for Penn State down the stretch, that is... uh, 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 that's going to be a key game for both teams. Uh, it was uh, Wednesday night. Minnesota played at Illinois. And imagine if you're uh, Minnesota and you scored 97 points and lose in regulation. You scored 97 points and lose in regulation. They lost 105 to 97. Wow. Tough. All right. Coming up, we'll talk with Rob Brooks, the play-by-play voice of Iowa women's basketball on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The best get-together start with a trip to the beverage supermarket, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury. Why? Because Brewers Outlet has not only a great selection of beer, including imports and microbrews, but also a lot more. Brewers Outlet has water, soda, they roast their peanuts every day, and you can't forget about stopping by the pickle bar. Look for great deals on wine coolers and all your favorite snacks. Before you enjoy those special times with family and friends, make your visit first to the beverage supermarket, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury. You want a unique way to display your brand. You need a team of seasoned experts to work with. You want to reach customers who buy. You want NIL Game Changers, a versatile consulting agency powered by former student athletes and coaches who work as NIL sports agents. NIL Game Changers will help you build powerful relationships with customers through compelling stories with student athlete influencers as your leading edge. Finally, we'll equip you with the right media to drive your success home. NILGameChangers.org, building meaningful relationships with your customers. Welcome back. This portion of today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Summer. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV. They handle it all for you. Make sure you're fully insured and also make sure they save you money wherever they can. Purdy Insurance Market Street in Summer. Go to purdyinsurance.com. It is a weekend where Iowa women's basketball will play Ohio State on Sunday. College game day is there tomorrow. And Caitlin Clark has an opportunity to surpass Pete Maravich on the all-time scoring list. And joining us now from uh, to join us is Rob Brooks, the play-by-play voice 
of Iowa women's basketball. Rob, great to have you with us. <laughs> Good. The Steve Jones Show. I love that opening. Uh, well, they were trying to come up with a clever name. That's the best they could do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob, it's a quick story for everybody. 1954. And no, I did, was, I did not do the games, Rob. 1954. Penn State plays in Iowa City and beat LSU and Notre Dame to advance to the school's one final four. The play-by-play announcer was Bob Brooks, Rob's dad. Yeah. How about that? See, when, uh, yeah, so when uh, you talk about the Ironman back in 1939, he had to preface by saying, no, he did not do those games. (laughs) (laughs) Was there, but didn't do them. Rob, I mean, I, I, being around Dolphin and Potlack, you're used to police escorts. Uh, <laughs> although I like to point out that it's usually it's better when it's in front and not behind. <laughs> but what has it been like, in your observation, about just getting from an airport to a hotel, getting from a hotel to an arena? Because of the situation surrounding Caitlin Clark. Well, we're at shoot-around right now in uh, Bloomington, and uh, there's eight police officers uh, surrounding the court. (laughs) And that uh, gives you kind of an indication of uh, how things have changed uh, this year. And really, um, the fact that you, as you know, Steve, used to it in football, uh, the police escorts, the, the seven or eight buses. Now we're up to two buses in uh, basketball, police escorts to and from the arena. And a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that you know, all these games are sold out and not used to women's basketball crowds like that in most places. And the ticketing has been the general admission. So the, the season ticket holders obviously have a seat, but other than that, if you buy a ticket on a one-game basis, it's general admission. So what that turns into is fans wrapping around the arena in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, to give you a case in point, we're at Wisconsin in December, and they typically get 2,500 fans per game. There's 15,000 for this game. It's 27 degrees. It's a 2 o'clock tip. Yeah. And at 6.30 in the morning, the entire coal center is wrapped with people. And it's been like that just about every stop. So... The traffic has been uh, really tough. It's like a football Saturday, uh, traffic-wise, everywhere. So, yeah, it's a a police escort uh, to and from the stadium, um, back doors at hotels, and, you know, just uh, having a police presence at all times, hard to get into a a hotel elevator because people are, you know, milling around once they find out where uh, the Hawkeyes are staying. It's... uh, it's been a, an experience from a basketball standpoint that uh, you never thought you'd witness. You've done a national championship game. That was last year. And now you're calling history. What has that been like for you, Rob? Well, it's, uh, it, it, it's been, a, been a journey. It's never something uh, you anticipate because, as you know, being around sports for so long, you just can't anticipate that unless you're a handful of schools. If you're South Carolina women's basketball, or um, LSU, you, you know that you pretty much got a chance uh, to get there, but things happen. You know, at the University of Iowa, it's happened twice 
in women's basketball and um, had not been at the men's Final Four since uh, 1980. So it's just not something you really anticipate. And even when they were playing well in the tournament last year, you still, okay, well, there's a lot of roadblocks to get to won the Final Four, won the championship game. But uh, you know, Coach Bluter did such a great job in um, you know embracing um, you know, all the uh, the fan attention and all the pressure to uh, hey this is it you got to get to the final four final four or bust and, and talked about it how it was a privilege um, to be in this position and I think the team really embraced that and has continued this year uh, they've really handled this well Caitlin Clark's handled it well you think about the mental pressure that is on that kid. Night in and night out. I mean, it's a show, right? I mean, people are there to see you. It's like going to a concert. You are there for a specific reason, for the most part. Now, it's a good basketball team, but you've got a a star that uh, people that don't even like basketball follow. And just how mentally tough that is night in and night out and still to perform. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. And, uh, you know, she doesn't have a three for 20 game or a four for 17 game. Might obviously shooting, great shooting nights, yes, and, and mediocre shooting nights, sure. But she can do so much else that you still uh, can uh, get that experience and get an idea what she's like. But um, that's been uh, extraordinary to watch um, how she's handled that. Away from the floor, uh, how's she been? Uh, because she, you know, people forget she's 22. It's not 32. It's 22. So uh, away from the floor, how's she been? I've always kind of termed it as what you see is what you get. Uh, She's very competitive. When it's time to be serious, it's it's time to be serious. But you know, she'll joke around and just kind of blend in with the team. You know, on the road or um, you know, pregame, postgame, wouldn't have any idea that she's averaging almost 33 points a game and has the NCAA women's scoring record. And uh, gets along with her teammates very, very well. Kate Martin and her are really, really good friends. And I think that was part of the reason why a couple of the Iowa players came back after last year. They didn't have to. And uh, just to uh, embrace the experience and uh, to play with her. And, you know, if you're a post player, why wouldn't you love that, right? I mean, you're going to get the ball in uh, in certain situations. And if you can make tough catches, so you got a chance to score a lot of points. But a very competitive person. Uh, very serious when it's time, but um, also we'll, we'll joke around and uh, have a good time. What about the ability of Lisa Bluter and how she's had to handle it? Because she has a star that is awesome to have, but you have to make it all work. What kind of job has she done in making it work? Uh, masterful. You know, I think um, you're right. I mean, that can be a blessing and a curse. And she has um, molded this player from when she was a freshman to now improved every single year. And you got to remember, uh, Megan Gustafson, who was uh, yep. here five, six years ago, was also National Player of the Year. Yep. Kathleen Doyle, uh, four years ago, was Big Ten Player of the Year. She's coached three Big Ten Players of the Year and will be a fourth. Well, actually, Megan had two. Caitlin will have two. And then Kathleen Doyle. So that's five uh, in the last within the last uh, seven years. And two national players of the year. So development and you know just um, the ability to you know mentally get you ready and improve every single year, add things on the court, but also you know, work on your demeanor, work on everything off the court as well. And 
I don't think it could have worked out any better for both parties. All right. So, but what coaches can do is they do a great, the great ones have the ability to accentuate what their players can do and then figure out a way to cover up a deficiency. All right. And, and, and if you can cover it up, it can work. No offense. No offense. Okay. I always talk about things from a basketball point of view. I can go all through the positive of Kate and Clark, but the one negative to me, she's not a great defender. They do it. To me, Lisa Bluter has done a great job of masking that where she's good enough defensively based on what they're having to do. Is that fair? Yeah, and I think um, absolutely. And they, they aren't going to put her on the toughest opponent. One, because it's too taxing for 35 minutes. And... Uh, Number two, not the best defender on the team, but I'll tell you what, she has really improved her defense. I mean, basically, when she got to Iowa, you're in high school, you're the, you're the star, you're a five-star recruit. You're not going to be a great defensive player, but she has that capability. She's six feet, she's long, and I'll tell you what, in certain situations, if you need a steal or if you need a, a ball to be tapped up in the air, uh, she has done that. And I think what she has um, kind of learned is steals lead to easy hoops. And obviously with the defenses she sees being double teamed and triple teamed, okay, if you're going to average over 30 points a game, one, you got to get to the free throw line, yep. which she does. Yep. But number two is how can you get some easy buckets in transition? And that's off steals. And I would say in the back half of this year, she has uh, greatly improved in that um, aspect of it. This is a better defensive team than it has been in the past, and um, I think she's uh, part of it where you know, she's um, locking in intensely on that defensive end. I mean, youth is a disease and it can be cured, but when I saw her early in her career, freshman into her sophomore year, I didn't feel like she had great situational awareness. Now I feel like she orchestrates situational awareness to the highest level. Is that fair? Yeah, it is. Uh, I think, um, you know, her freshman year kind of played um, like she was still in high school and um, didn't handle uh, some of the tough defensive pressures at times, you know, trying to find that open teammate and really uh, uh, embracing the assist and maybe taking some bad shots. And uh, that has gone away. And you still have to let her be Caitlin, right? Yep. I think that's oh, yeah. a part of the beauty of it. You know, yep. it might be a a bad pass here or there to try to make that perfect pass or, you know, a logo three when maybe you didn't need it. But uh, that's okay. You have to live with some of that. Name me a play that even surprised you because you've called every shot of your career and every play of your career. I'll, I'll give you a game. How's that? Yeah, a game. Go back to um, go back to her sophomore year. This is the, the point in time where I said, okay, this this can really be a thing. And it was um, late January or sophomore year. Iowa had a couple of key injuries uh, to uh, the starting five. So they're really down to like seven or eight even total players playing at Michigan. Top five team in the country. And Michigan gets off to a great start. And, you know, places um, rocking and rolling. Michigan has a lead of over 20 points through three quarters. Sunday afternoon. Most teams, okay, let's uh, let's go home. We don't play till Thursday. We'll regroup, and um, we'll go on from there. And she came across the timeline, one step, started the fourth quarter, and, and fired a shot. Now, we've seen the long threes, 
not half court in the midst of the game, <laughs> knocked it down. Same next possession, same thing, knocked it down. <laughs> then they start coming out. She dribbles around, then shoots a you know a thirty-five foot free, hits it, scores twenty-five points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. In ten minutes, Iowa pulls to within five. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically one on five. Michigan ended up winning the game. But I walked out of there and said, I've, I've never, mm-hmm. on TV, in person, seen anything like that. And, you know, this, and that's, that's when you knew yeah. that, okay, this, this has got some teeth. This is where I, I draw the comparison to Steph Curry. And it's good. I, I think you'll find it interesting. The three is an obvious. But to me, Steph Curry is the best in the NBA layups. And I think she's the best in, in basketball at layups. It's interesting. Yeah, it is, Stephen. You're exactly right. Because you have to make those to average what those two players are averaging. I mean, look at the, ang- the angles the angles that she takes. Everything. Yeah, I mean, the angles she takes and everything to make a layup. It's not simply like, oh, I'm laying it in. No, she does it with angles and purpose. She understands the geometry of it. Right, and also potential contact. You know, there's yes. always somebody you know that's late on help or trying to slide over, because uh, obviously you know where she is on the floor all the time. And you're exactly right. You just you have to be able to execute those real makeable shots. That you know, quite frankly, you see a lot of players that can uh, hit difficult shots, but boy, they'd um, they'd average uh, ten points more if they uh, mm-hmm. took care of business underneath the basket. Okay, the other part, too, is I'm watching the Penn State game, and she's dishing off one assist after another on a 40, what, 47, 48-point night underneath. I mean, that, that told me everything about her, the teammate. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, you know, I think uh, what comes across during the games and uh, in practice, her, her teammates enjoy playing with her, and um, she enjoys them. And it's... Um, it's a uh, it's a great thing because uh, you really see the joy on uh, mm-hmm. all of their faces, and they, they enjoy being around each other. And you see that night in and night out, and even after a tough loss, you know the way that they've been able to bounce back. I think you know says a lot. Nobody points fingers, mm-hmm. and uh, the staff has a lot to do with that, and really try to um, embrace every single role on the team. A lot of people talk about it, but they. Uh, they put it to action and, and do it every day, and the, the players buy in. Uh, what, Lynette Woodard is next because of her AIAW stuff, right? And then it's the, yep. then it's it's Maravich. Have you thought at all about the Maravich thing, considering circumstances and things like that? Because it's obviously would be a great moment. It will be. It's uh, 99 points, so I don't think it will happen tonight. No, it doesn't mean it's not possible. <laughs> I might, might have a, uh, a couple games to think about it. And yeah, I mean, obviously this was uh, this was the big one because you could really compare, um, you know, the games in the NCAA. You know, Maravich, when that happens, there'll be you know, people that talk about, well, you didn't have any three-pointers and did it in three years and all that type of thing. But it is. I mean, you're still at the top of the list. Uh, she's only in her fourth year. It's yep. not like she's a sixth-year senior or anything. Yep. So it will be. Um, I'll think about it. You know, I'm not ever one to write anything down or, here. or anything like that. But I'll just I'll think about it, and then how it comes out, it'll come out. That's I'm the same way. It just it happens. It happens. It happens.
I always tell everybody, yep. if, if it's a memorable call to match the moment, great. If it's not so great, they'll still remember the play. <laughs> so, right, I, right. I that's why I don't it still stay. went in, right? I don't really, it still counts. Yeah, I, I don't really worry about it too much. Rob, you're the best. No. Oh, no, no. No, you're the best. You did a great job with all of this. Nobody, they couldn't have handpicked anybody better to handle it yeah, than you. You've been terrific. Well, appreciate it, Steve. I know you had a fun one last night. I uh, I watched the whole thing from the hotel room, and uh, what an atmosphere that was. Yeah, no, it was great. But you'll see a crazy one again tonight. You see a crazy one every night. So. It has been. <laughs> Hey, Rob, thanks so much. Appreciate the time, and uh, good luck to all of you out there. That's great. Appreciate it, Steve. Great to talk to you. Hope to see you soon. You too. Bob Brooks, Dick Girardi, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Want to work for a stable yet growing company? Got it. Want to work for a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in taking care of customers and employees? Got it. Want to work for a leader in selling more cars and satisfying more customers? Got it. Who has all that? SMC Sunbury Motor Company is looking for technicians across all their departments. Whether you're an entry-level technician, an experienced technician, or someone looking for a career change, Sunbury Motors would love to hear from you. They're looking for technicians for their quick lane, car and light truck service, heavy truck service, body shop, and frame and alignment division. You can apply online at sunburymotors.com, in person at our North 4th Street location, or call Todd at 570-286-7746. Your new career of working on Fords, Kias, Hyundais, Western Star trucks, plus anything that fits in the door and some things that don't. Join Sunbury Motors. Your new career is waiting for you. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. Bringing you an in-depth look at Penn State sports and more. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. The Steve Jones Show is presented by NIL Game Changers, Sunbury Motor Company, Birdie Insurance, and Brewers Outlet. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back, and today's show is brought to you in part by NIL Game Changers, the ultimate destination for name, image, and likeness opportunities for both athletes and businesses. Visit NILGameChangers.org to start your journey. We're going to start our journey to Minneapolis where it's uh, 68 degrees or something like that in 20 seasons. The best in the business. My broadcast partner, Dick Girardi, sir, welcome. 60 degrees in State College on uh February the 26th. What is going on here? Is the world coming to an end, or what's happening? I mean, the global warming thing, some elements have worked out better than I thought it would. Yeah, really. I mean, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at the mountains. I see a little tussy mountain. I see a little snow on the ski coast slopes, but that's about it around here. That's so. about it. And, and we're going to Iowa City tonight, and you still be 73 degrees yeah. in Iowa City. How about that? February? I mean, we've been there where it's minus 30 or <laughs> exactly. Like 
hundred degree difference. So yeah, yeah. looking looking forward to that trip. Building a fire, building a fire in the room because you had to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what a thing! What, what a great world it is. So yeah, and as you said, sometimes global warming works in your in your favor. Let's uh, get to something else that's worked in Penn State's favor, and that's how they played last week. Uh, Saturday, Dick, what kind of example was that uh, in the win over Indiana of the power of what the three means in modern basketball? Yeah, I, Steve, I don't think Penn State really played all that well uh, you know, in comparison to some other games. Agreed. And they scored, Agreed. And they, and they scored 83 points, so I think that answers the question. And when we had uh, Mike Rhodes on after the game, he said, look, the modern game is free throws, and three-point shots. They made 26 free throws and nine three-pointers. I mean, you can all do the math. That's 53 of the 83, and that's where they won the game because uh, Indiana's kind of a throwback, low post, throw it into the post, score two by two, and they actually made, I think, five more field goals than Penn State. Yes, five and, more baskets, yep. Right, and lost by nine. So they didn't make any three, essentially, until the game was over. Penn State made nine. Indiana made two, like, in the last couple of minutes when the game had already been decided. So, yeah, I think that tells you a lot about the power of the shot. And this coaching staff obviously understands it. Um, they, I don't want to say they've recruited to it because that's really not fair because they really have a chance to recruit. But they, they went into the transfer portal thinking about it, um, got some players specifically that could shoot it, and stayed with some of those players even where they weren't making it on the theory that the way they were designing this was getting open shots. Eventually, those shooters would start to make them. And over the last, say, month, uh, Penn State had the one three-game winning streak, uh, including a couple on the road in the league, and now has a two-game winning streak from last week. And a lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of it is, is because they developed a much better three-point shooting team and that's a tribute, A, to the shooters, B, the coaching staff, and probably more than anything, Ace Baldwin's just being a maestro and getting the ball to the shooters in the right place at the right time. If we had a dollar for every time that we said during the course of the season in November, December, the January, that a swing guy you and I said over and over again was Zach Hicks, uh, what have we now seen in the past month that backs up the fact that he is one of the swing guys on this team? Yeah, again, I give the coaching staff uh, A+. Plus, a, identifying who they wanted. Uh, Zach, of course, had a, was having a nice career at Temple. Convincing him that he could fit in nicely. And then more than anything, Steve, staying with him when he couldn't put the ball in the basket. A lot of coaches would have just said, you know what, we've given you every chance. You started every game. You're shooting under 30%. We just can't do it anymore. But they saw the big picture, and the big picture was, if Zach Hicks could develop into an all-court player, guarding, occasionally getting to the basket or at least mid-range, getting to the free-throw line, and those shots started falling, they'd have a potential all-league player. And look, Zach's not going to make all-league this year, but he's been an all-league player for a month. Uh, he's been that good. So, yeah, again, that's a tribute to the big-picture thinking of the coaching staff. You have a six-eight, three-man who's capable of shooting from range. And as we said from the beginning, Steve has the picture-perfect shooting form. And at some point, that form is going to put the ball going in the basket. Well, now it's going in the basket. Zach has confidence. 
he's become a major weapon. And this is something, when you and I talked to him after the game, you could almost hear the appreciation in his voice that the, that the staff stuck with him. For sure. Uh, I, I think there was one time on one of the broadcasts I actually said, and it turned out to be wrong, that, man, I don't know, he's showing a lot of patience here. I'm not sure I could show that kind of patience, but they were smarter than me, and they stuck with him. And I remember talking to his dad. I saw his dad at a high school game back in November, and he said, look, just go tell Zach to keep shooting. Of course, I went to the layup lines in the next game. That's what I told him, and he smiled. And he has. And now, now he's so... He, 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 now he's hunting his shot and not just a three-point shot because, look, everybody's run, trying to run him off the line. It's fine. It's hard to run him off the line because he can shoot over you at 6'8". But if they do run him on the line, he can bounce it three or four times, get into that mid-range, pump fake, get fouled. He's getting to the line. Of course, he made the three biggest free throws of the season to, to win the Illinois game on Wednesday night. You mentioned Ace Baldwin being the maestro. I mean, you know, he's a ball-dominant point guard. What has it meant to him to have the freedom to be the ball-dominant point guard, and what has it meant to the other players around him? Yeah, I mean, you, you hate to you hate to say it, but just the reality is the reality, Steve. If you just say it, it um, Kanye Clary not being there, and this is not a knock on Kanye at all, it's, it's really addition by subtraction because the floor was a little too crowded with both of them out there. They're both incredibly skilled, but they both need the ball to be effective, and there's only one ball and two guys, so a lot of times the floor was a little too crowded with them. Kanye is a better, just straight out a scorer, even than Ace is, um, but he doesn't see the floor like Ace did. So once Kanye got hurt, we saw what it looked like with Ace out there all the time, and you know, look, that may have happened anyway. We'll, we'll never know now. And then, then there were other things that happened that, you know, we, you and I are not privy to is exactly what happened. And, and Kanye is no longer with the team. And as we said on the broadcast Saturday, you know, hopefully he finds a really good spot for him and, and he's happy and he gets to play a couple more years of college hoops. But it turns out that this team is more effective with just the one small left-handed point guard uh, out there. And I, I don't think it's any mystery to anybody. All you got to do is watch the game. So, I think that's part of it, that Ace has been free. He's out there all the time. Um, and he's and when he's out there, he is completely in charge rather than in charge some of the time. Uh, so, yeah, I think all that has helped him. And it's also helped the other guys because, you know, they had to make up Kanye's points. It wasn't like he wasn't scoring. He was. Right. And that's right. where Zach Hicks has come in. DeMarco Dunn has come into the starting lineup. Uh, Jamil Brown off the bench. Even Cutis is getting more touches. So all of those things, somewhere you got to make up the scoring. They've, they've made it up and then some. Um, again, I, I feel badly because it, you know, it's not about Kanye the individual. It's just maybe about the circumstances that those two playing together. I think we all thought at the beginning, it's fun, they're so quick, and they can do things. But the longer you looked at it, you know, the less comfortable you felt seeing it just didn't quite work. Yeah, when Dick, when Dick and I talk about it, it's not about the young man. It's not about his game. It's about the fit with what, what's needed to win. And maybe in this case, just from a basketball point of view, all the other stuff aside, right, from a basketball point of view at the moment, this is the better fit. Yeah, and I, I think, look, if Ace wasn't here, it, you know, then, then Kanye probably would have been a lot more comfortable too. Right. Now, he's not, he doesn't see the court at this stage like Ace does. He's not as experienced. Right, this is only his second year of college basketball, and he barely played last year. 
whereas this is Ace's fourth year, so he has that kind of experience. But, you know, we'll never know what might have happened, but he could go somewhere else where what he does fits what the coach wants to do exactly, and he could, he could have a great couple of years. I sure. hope he does. Right, exactly, and we hope he does too. There's no, no question about that. Uh, you mentioned uh, Wahab in the middle. He's the one real, the one big guy they have that has a lot of experience has played, and you know you didn't know what to expect going into the season really with any of these guys. Dick, what have we seen from him? Yeah, it's fascinating, Steve, because we knew his game from the year at Maryland, and obviously I, we'd watched him play on TV at Georgetown. Well, we saw him play in person at Georgetown too. Remember 100%, that? Yeah. That's right, all the way back in, in 2020, four yeah. years ago. That early, actually, in 2019, November of 2019. Yeah. We saw him down in D.C. when Penn State ran Georgetown off the court. I, I frankly don't even remember him in that game or if he played or whatever, but he was at least on that team. And I, to me, he's been a revelation, and that's a credit to a couple of things. Obviously, you know, Q himself, he's worked at it, but major credit to Brent Scott, uh, who works with the big guys. Yeah. He's a changed player, Steve. Uh, he never was this effective at any of his other stops. Now, maybe it was going to happen anyway, but... It's happened with this coaching staff. Every the game has slowed down for him. He won't do anything until he's ready to do it. He's shooting at a very high percentage because they'll only take high percentage shots. He doesn't do anything he can't do. He doesn't get into foul trouble, and they don't. And they need him to not be in foul trouble because he's really one of one for them. I mean, they have some backups, but they're not of the same caliber, or certainly not have the experience as he has. So yeah, he's been huge. And you know, every once in a while, I think ahead a little bit. Obviously, we have some serious hoops to play the rest of the year. But you think ahead the next year, he's really going to be missed. And he's the one guy, you know, that's starting that can't come back. Uh, the rest of the group can come back to be determined on who wants to come back. There's one more year of COVID, so like four-year players can have a fifth year. Right. I believe next year is it. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. There's no more of that. Uh, so it technically, so Ace Baldwin can come back. Now, what, what Ace wants to do, whether he wants to go make uh, some money professionally or he'd like to come back with NIL, but, you know, it's all to be determined. But Hugh will be a huge loss. Uh, I don't know enough about the young big guys they have coming in, but that, that'll be a big spot to fill for, uh, for next year. But that's, that's all fun to talk about over the summer and next fall. But right now, Hugh has been great. He's been exactly what they need. Right. Yeah, and I'm with you. I, I couldn't comment at all on, on the new players coming in until I actually see them in person. Uh, I, I, My opinion, there are probably three teams Penn State really doesn't match up well with in this league. And I, my, let's see if my list and your list are the same. My, mine would be Purdue. For obvious reasons, Edie, by the way, says he's not coming back next year. All right. Okay. okay. Yay. Yay. Make money. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he could come back if he wanted. Uh, yes, he could. Uh, Michigan, Michigan, Purdue, Michigan State, actually, and ironically, Illinois. Um, yeah. Uh, those are my three. Everybody else in this conference, I feel Penn State in one form or another matches up with. Is that fair? I, it's fair It's fair to this point, Stephen. I agree with all those three, and that's what was so fascinating about the Illinois win last Wednesday. And was there was there a bit of a miraculous tone to it? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Uh, but because they're so big and strong and rebound so well, that is tough. But the thing about Illinois, Steve, they can be scored on. Yes. They don't, their defense, defense is not a huge priority for them. No. Uh, 
yeah, I, I think Michigan State's defense is a little better, although I don't trust Michigan State's offense, as they proved again yesterday when they gave away a lead at home against Ohio State. But their offense against Penn State has been great because they got nobody to guard Hall and Purdue for the obvious reasons. I, I would say this about Purdue. I think they're, and I'm not, I'm not sure I'm having the number exactly right, 20 points better in Mackey than anywhere else. Yeah. It's a huge number. Yeah. Whatever that number is. I mean, Michigan was actually in the game with them most of the way yesterday. Right. That's right. At, at Michigan. Uh, so, and they don't, there's no hump, there's no Mackey games in the NCAA. But that's for later. The other team I'll tell you that concerns me, and it's not just because of what happened last Saturday. Man, I watched Nebraska last night. Cool. I did they too. Locked up Minnesota. I mean, <sighs> I, you know, when I, when I saw it, we saw it in person last uh, Saturday at, at Pinnacle. I'm thinking, all right, well, Penn State's tired. You know, this is right. just a bad team. They, and Jeff Settle said it on the broadcast, and he's right. They become a really good defensive team yeah. out of nowhere. We already knew they could score. Uh, so that, that concerns me a little bit, but I'd like to see it on a neutral court with Penn State having proper rest, which they didn't have in that game in Nebraska. It's an awful week. So right. Sometimes you can't judge it, but yeah, that, that might be the other one that concerns me, but you know what? See if they can get to Thursday, which they're probably favored to do at the moment. Right. Uh, it looks like the probably the, the critical game may turn out if they can win tomorrow. Then that's that's giant. They almost are locked into Thursday yeah. if they can win tomorrow. But if they can't, then it's probably gonna, may very well come down to the Maryland game uh, two right. weeks from yesterday uh, if they can if they can win that game. Uh, but yeah, it's weird. I was looking at some of the other teams' schedules trying to figure out who's beaten who, and frankly, I don't even know anymore. A lot of these results are random. I mean, did anybody see Ohio State beating Purdue and at Michigan State on successive Sunday? Right, Not, with, with, an interim, with an interim head coach. Right. I mean, nobody saw that coming. It's just like, not. It's like what? What just happened? So, yeah, I think – but, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think the three teams you mentioned are probably the most difficult matchups. Um, but wouldn't it be fun to see Illinois again at the Target Center and see if they could beat them five straight times in five, <laughs> five different, different arenas? Five different arenas. I know, amazing. Uh, and as for Nebraska, I, I I watched a good portion of that game last night, and Dick, I walked away with the same feeling. I said, "Man, their defense. Like maybe I undersold fatigue versus defense last Saturday because." I mean, they took Minnesota's been playing at a pretty high clip, scoring a lot of points, and they took they took them apart defensively. Yeah, Minnesota was I, to me, well, they were not far from like a long winning streak. They blew it. They blew a lead. I uh, blew a lead. That's not the right right word. They had a significant lead at Mackey against Purdue. Yep. They had a twenty point lead against Iowa at home. So they played well enough to win both those games. They lost, and they won all the rest of their games in recent weeks. So they were already. I'm talking Minnesota now. They were playing great going into that game. Yeah. And they were they were a non event last night. There yeah. were no factors. Right. And they can and they got an offense. It's not like they don't have an offense. They got guys that can score. So yeah, I was I was watching the game last night. Obviously more to watch Minnesota because Penn State will be there Saturday night. And as I'm watching the game, I'm going, you know what? I'm not really learning anything because that's not at all how Penn State plays defense. Right, Arizona or Nebraska plays it way differently. Yeah, so it's not helping me to figure out what's going to go on with Minnesota. But I was kind of like, uh, I need to reevaluate as I'm watching yeah. this. 
about the, at the at the very least about Nebraska. That's also possible. Maybe Minnesota went in there. Maybe they hit the wall, which everybody does at some point in this league during the year. It's just it's just the way it is. It's just so many games, so much travel. But yeah, they they're certainly better than they played last night. Or maybe just Nebraska's gotten that good. Uh, you've covered games in Rec Hall before when they were playing there in the Big Ten. Now you get a chance to, on the broadcast side, and you and I worked that game Wednesday in Rec Hall. Look, there are a lot of things that fell into place for them to win it. But what did you think of just the pure experience of, of what happened Wednesday night? I thought it was great. Um, I hope they do it again, you know, as many times the season as it's feasible. I mean, I know there are a number of other sports in there, and it's hard to turn around and put a basketball court. I mean, I understand all that. So I don't know what the athletic department can or can't do or what the deal is with the Jordan Center and how many times they have right. to play. And I don't know any of that stuff. But yep. so I think I think it was great. I think people really loved the experience like they love the Palestra experience. And, you know, obviously I love to see games at the Palestra. But, man, I would think it's something – that the students would really get behind. I think the fans would get behind it. And and it's unlike the Jordan Center, which we know what the issues are. It's just it's a little cavernous. It wasn't really built for basketball. This is a gym. Yeah. And people are right on top of the action. You feel like you're part of the game. So, yeah, I, I thought it was great. And, of course, it's right – I mean, it's literally in the middle of campus where kids can walk out of their dorm and walk across the street and get into the place. So – yeah, I mean, I, I hope it I hope it happens, you know, what, regularly, whatever that is, whatever's feasible. And I know Mike Rhodes said when he took the job, and he said it ever since, we want to do things differently. This is the state university. Uh, it's in the middle of the state, but take the team. And you can't do that with a football team. You're playing in Beaver Stadium. I, mean, I, I get that, but go to Hershey, uh, go to Madison Square Garden like this year. Go to the Palestra. Go to the go to Allentown, uh, where we played a game against Drexel a couple of years ago. You know, take take the program around the state, showcase it, and you know what else, Steve? Take it where the recruits are. Yes, and bring those recruits. I know they had a lot of recruits at the Palestra. Bring them along. Go, hey, this is how we play. This is the kind of experiences we can give you. All that stuff is there. It's, it's there for the taking. And the cool thing. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia's three hours away. Pittsburgh's a couple hours away. You could get anywhere in the state here in a couple hours. From, this is Center County for a reason. You can get places here in the center of the state. DJ, I will see you at the airport. Steve, I look forward to it. Uh, and you'll love it when you come outside today because it will feel like it's, uh, I don't know, May, maybe? Yeah, feels, feels like May. And uh, we'll have dinner with our good friend Sean Morris tonight. Yes, we will. We will meet Sean and Carlville. What could be better? Sounds great. Thanks, Dick. All right. See you in a couple hours. All right, Steve. Dick Girardi, this portion of the show brought to you by NIL Game Changers, the ultimate destination for name, image, and likeness opportunities for both athletes and businesses. Visit NILGameChangers.org to start your journey. Next half hour, Joe Lenardi here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.